It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. What I was talking about in the quarterback room is that uh, not all fumbles are created equal. So, like, yesterday or Sunday when I pitched to Dalvin, that's a fumble on me, I believe. If a shotgun snap is, is off to the right and it's not caught, that's a fumble. Uh, if a, under center, if a snap is bobbled, that's a fumble. So that's different than I'm running with the ball and somebody punches it out like what happened against the Bills. So to just say, oh, he's got X number of fumbles this year doesn't really tell the story. Now to say he's got X number of fumbles, you know, running with the ball with two hands in the ball as you would think of a fumble compared to whatever that league averages, then that's something we got to look at. And so that's something I've asked you know, analytics to get me is those the numbers, you know, within the numbers so that I can really break down the specific fumbles that, that matter uh, that I can control rather than, you know, a shotgun snap that might be over to my right and now that's statistically marked as a fumble, but in reality, you know, there's not a whole lot I can do about it. So so let's just say You know what that sounds like? That sounds like your buddy and you are having a conversation at a bar, and your buddy has a really stupid plan. And you're like, so tell me again about how you're going to invent a cockfighting ring or something. And your buddy is like, well, listen, okay, <laughs> oh, I, I've got this all down. Do we need to hit the dump button? And then, no, we're okay. Okay. We're okay. That's the and first thing you came up with? Just right, like, so I just thought of, like, what would be the worst plan you could ever have? I could think of 20 other and, things other than that. <laughs> I don't know where your head's at today, dude, but not there. So then your buddy just goes on with this rambly, crazy nonsense and then looks at you and smiles like, you know, like, right? Like, I'll just get the chickens and they'll fight each other and people pay for it. You're like, what are you talking about? So That's how I I feel about this conversation where it's going at the moment. I I have no idea what's going on now. I'm sorry for the comparison. And I supposedly host the show. You know what this is? Football. But this is football. Well, no, but keep going. Keep, I, I'm but still. Let yeah. me make. Let, no, let no, me, no, let no, no, point. no, no, no. Here's the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This has nothing to do with chickens fighting. This is about football. It's about what the hell is Kirk Cousins talking about? Can we play? Like, what in the world That's, was he just talking about? Can I play it again? Yeah. Because. It, Manny told me it was nuts, but at no point does it ever make sense, and we're all dumber for having heard it. <laughs> I've never been this confused. Kirk Cousins today, right? This, today? Was, this yes, is an this hour is ago, okay. yeah, a few okay. hours ago. Okay, I I'm more confused about what Matthew was talking about. Well, he's got a <laughs> cockfighting ring or something. Okay, going. okay. Ignore the cockfighting okay. part. Of it. It's just that your friend has a really stupid is plan. Kirk Cousins okay, and he starts talking, <laughs> and you're I, trying to I'm be worried, like, okay, I'm worried about him. Hold on a second. I'll, I'm going to play this again. What we're talking about in the quarterback room is that uh, not all fumbles are created equal. So like yesterday or Sunday when I pitched to Dalvin, that's a fumble on me, I believe. 
if a shotgun snap is, is off to the right and it's not caught, that's a fumble. Uh, if a, under center, if a snap is bobbled, that's a fumble. So that's different than I'm running with the ball and somebody punches it out like what happened against the Bills. So to just say, oh, he's got X number of fumbles this year, it doesn't really tell the story. Now to say he's got X number of fumbles, you know, running with the ball with two hands in the ball as you would think of a fumble compared to whatever that league averages, then that's something we got to look at. And so that's something I've asked, you know, analytics to get me is those the numbers, you know, within the numbers so that I can really break down the specific fumbles <laughs> the numbers that within matter the numbers. Uh, that I can control rather than, you know, a shotgun snap that might be over to my right and now that's statistically marked as a fumble, but in reality, you know, there's not a whole lot I can do about it. Like, dude, are you dehydrated? <laughs> And scene. Okay, so what? I will I will decipher what this Thank means. You. I know that you're very curious. Um, I'm dumbfounded. I mean, Kirk's uh, Kirk's explanation for fumbles has been very similar. This is very on brand for you know keeping keeping things within what he can control. And I mean that he always goes back to that Buffalo fumble, um, the two fumbles really, the one where you know he's running and it's punched out from behind him. And what he's talking about here, from what I gather, is it's the ones that are ball security issues, not just, you know, if it's a bad snap and he's nine and a half uh, yards deep in the pocket. Or, yeah. In now, the is pocket. he right, though? Because I don't think he's right. I don't think he's right that if there, if it's a bad snap, it's a fumble on the quarterback. I don't think it's scored that I way. Th- I think he's potentially, I don't know if he's talking about if, it, if he bobbles it, if it's a bad snap, and if it goes oh, right and he I reaches see. out for I it, see. and then, it, you know, that's. Technically, that wouldn't be on him. Technically, that would be on the center. I mean, I think that Dalvin Cook, I mean, yes, that was a backwards pass, but I think that was on Dalvin, just to be honest. Like, I know Kirk was taking responsibility well, for that, that one. There's a lot there. My favorite part is where he says, it's on me, I believe. You're like, well, is it or not? Or like, what? I, yeah, no, I, I think the bigger point of this is that Kirk Cousins is bothering the analytics staff to try and figure out a way most of the fumbles weren't his fault. Isn't that what it's going is he on try, there? Is he ultimately trying to absolve himself from some of these fumbles? Is that it? I mean, it's the bye week. It's a time to self-scout. So <laughs> if you're looking at third and four and six and third third down in the red zone, other things he said, I mean, fumbles are an area he wants to look at. Wouldn't I need to fix this be simpler? I mean, you know, the, well, some of them he can't fix. That's what he's saying. Because some of them are not on him, so he's going to look at the ones that are on him to determine if he can fix them and if they were on him in the first place. And then we're back at square one. So I, I think what he's trying to address with all that gobbledygook is yeah. that he knows he's number one in fumbles over the last four years, and he knows that every person standing there has written it. So what he's trying to say is, now next time you write that I'm number one in fumbles, remember some weren't my fault, and I know which ones weren't my fault. But you probably won't because you don't have analytics. And all of this, it would have been a lot easier for him to say, especially since it's come up a number of times. It would have been like, that's absolutely something we need to look at. The fumbles can't happen. The turnovers can't happen. And, of course, we want to be better at that. That would have been a really easy answer without, even, what I was trying to without say. even saying it's not yeah. my fault. It is my fault. But the fact that Kirk Cousins is spending this much time even trying to figure out whose fault they were. And I, and I get that he's trying to correct some of it. But the fact that he's trying to figure out whose fault each individual fumble was is just kind of bizarre. I mean, the explanation for the fumbles is simple. The guy is a statue. He stays in one spot in the pocket, and then when things break down, he doesn't really know what to do, and then he makes mistakes. I mean, this is pretty simple. So he's working really hard around that fact that he doesn't seem to want to get to. 
You're just so negative, caller. I know. I You're guess just so. So I, damn I, negative. I feel like there's some poor guy who's who's trying to take a week off with a team who makes eight bucks an hour now, who's going to have to work seventy four <laughs> hours trying to break down all the Kirk Cousins fumbles because Kirk wants to know exactly what went wrong. So as Courtney said, he can blame Delvin Cook and everybody else. Well, no, I mean he blamed himself for that one, but I actually don't think that was on him. I think Cook. I mean, yes, it was. I think it went down in the. It's on, on the stat sheet as a, yeah, on Cousins and yeah. adds technically a backwards pass, but I think that was on Cook. I think it was, con- it might have been both. I mean, like, should Delvin catch it? Probably, but also it's up on his right shoulder pad, which is not where it's supposed to be. Yeah, so but you're supposed like to grab the- passes out of the yeah, air. Yeah, I mean, like, you should, that's not, yeah. that should not you be should. that difficult. It's the same with the Rock Thomas one, where, like, it hits Rock Thomas's hands, but the ball wasn't supposed to be there. The ball's not supposed to be up and behind him. It's supposed to be out in front of him. I mean, the, the bigger point on Cousins is probably that after listening to all that, I doubt it, anything's really going to change. And I think Sage Rosenfels on the Purple Podcast had a really good explanation of why this happens to Cousins, that a lot of things aren't his fault, but he seems to never like mitigate mistakes. Like if there's a mistake by someone else, like he's talking about with the bad snap. Well, I want to know when I can blame my center. Like, right. But I mean, there are bad snaps all over the league and most quarterbacks don't just fumble them, right? Most quarterbacks, they pick it up and they make something out of it or they throw the ball away. But he has a tendency just like on the interception where yeah, someone, draw, yeah. someone misses a block yeah. and they're right in his face. No, I'm talking about the one last week. Oh, okay. They're right in his face. Now he could throw that ball away. Instead, he tries to force it across the field. And it's a pick. So he actually made it better. I mean, do you do you agree with that, or like, or made it worse? I mean, that, that if there is a mistake, otherwise, I think he tries he to keep, to make it worse. He tries to keep bad plays alive, and he doesn't want negative plays. So that's what I think. What you're getting at with what Sage was saying that instead of just taking the sack or you know throwing the ball away, which is something we just haven't seen Kirk do all that often. I think Matthew Stafford did it several times, throwing the ball out of the end zone yep. on purpose. Um, it's almost like he's trying to keep it alive and he waits too long and then it becomes a negative play that he was trying to avoid in the first place. Yep. And, you know, you, when you're watching Brady and Rodgers go back and forth, four or five each get flung out of bounds. Yeah. I mean, both of those guys, oh, when, yeah. when they get under yeah. pressure, they, they get thrown out of bounds. I, I don't think that he's going to change his stripes. I think that this is going to be an issue all the time and what they're working on 24-7 there. John Filippo is pounding six Red Bulls an hour trying to look at more tape on how to just mitigate these, how to avoid these happening. And the funny thing about last week is that one of the ways to try to avoid these negative plays is to have like the bootleg, right? It's it's pretty a safe play. You roll out, there's supposed to be nobody there, and you could toss the short guy or throw it out of bounds or, or run out of bounds. And instead, he still finds a way to turn the ball over. I don't think that anything is really going to change with this. It's just you hope that when you turn it over twice with a pick and a fumble, that your defense has Daniel Hunter sack the other guy a bunch of times. I don't know if you can correct these things. I did a story on this a few weeks ago, and I talked to Tim Hasselbeck just about the in-season ability to correct things like this that have been a continual problem over your entire career. You have about two or three periods of practice that special teams are on the field and you could work on individual things just with, you know, your quarterback group and maybe the center. Um, It's hard. And I think that since it's become such a trend with Cousins where it's spatial awareness, it's pocket presence, it's a lot of different things that he's gotten knocked for. And some of it, 
a lot of it, rightfully so. You don't just say, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to all of a sudden be able to sense pressure better over, you know, my left shoulder. Or if it's something where he's, you know, trying, to, as I said, trying to make a bad play a good one and ends up being an even worse negative play, you don't just change, change that. I mean, I think that that's, we talk about situational football. If you're going to self scout in this bye week and over the next few days, those are the situations you look at. I think more so than third down in the red zone, things like that. I mean, of course, those are very important critical plays, but trying to mitigate where these where you can and being like, okay, well, what did I see on that digs inter- on the interception on the digs play against the Saints? What did I see? You know, what happened when I with a com- communication error in pitching the ball off to Dalvin against the Lions? I mean. Try to find the little things there because if you're trying to evaluate this as a big picture of, okay, I need to stop fumbling, there's too many places to start. It It's funny because it's like this is classic Kirk Cousins where he's almost analytical to a fault. And Rick Spielman talked about this today, and we were both there, about how detailed he is and mm-hmm. how great he is in the quarterback meeting room. And it'll just blow you away to see all the things that he knows. But at the same time... It's almost like this hyper focus on everything can be a little too much. It's almost like having too much information where I I think Kirk Cousins should just say, like, this has to stop. That's what I, that was my point. You could have said that instead of 50 seconds of, we're going to have somebody break down exactly. Why I'm I'm not at fault. Well, I think I mean to to Kirk's credit, he does a lot of stuff that's just not the traditional way that you train yourself as a football player. I mean, he does brain training. He does a lot of stuff away from the physical aspect of it. And I think analytics are something that he's really involved in. So he wants to, you know, try to shed light on what he does outside of football and say, "Hey, I'm going to fix." Instead of saying, "Hey, I'm going to fix it," right. he's showing you how he wants to fix it. But I do agree, but it I'm does confused. sound convoluted. All right, TCL Broadcast Studios, so much football and so much more football to come, including the uh, Purple Hour after this with Collar and Cronin. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Please keep working during the following announcement. Mackie and Judd are back on 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check on your traffic quickly here. 169 southbound, we've got a crash near Savage between Pioneer Trail and Old Shakopee uh, River Road. So be on the lookout for that. That's causing a 12-minute delay if you're heading, uh, if you're looking to head outside the metro, Judd. Football! Football, yeah! Football! That's right, football hour continues. It's bye week, so at the suggestion of Matthew Collar, and you can start, Matthew, we will throw out the hottest National Football League take we can each come up with right now. Right, what is go. your hot, hot take? I think the Los Angeles Chargers are the best team in the National Football League. And here's why. They are the only team in the league that is top 10 in adjusted net yards per attempt against the pass and when passing the football. Their quarterback, Phillip Rivers, quietly because no one cares about football in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. has 116 quarterback rating. They have one of the best running backs in the league. They've got great weapons. They've got a great defense, and they've been doing a lot of it without Joey Bosa. They just went to Seattle and got a win against Russell Wilson. I think that they're being completely overlooked as a dominant team, but they've now won five games in a row. Boom. That, is a, that is a scalding hot take that I, I do love Rivers. would have to disagree with. Well, who do you have as the best? Because you know, like the other teams don't defend as well. The Rams, we saw the Vikings light them up for 31. We saw New Orleans light them up. New Orleans defense isn't that good. 
I think the Chargers are the best all-around team. Kansas City's defense stinks, too. Yeah. I am going to go with the Patriots. Patriots have just, they do this every year. They do this every every stinking year. I mean, they make... They bad they make, September, yeah. Yeah, they make right, wide receivers running backs who are now eligible as a <laughs> running back in fantasy. That just shows you... I mean, next is going to be a linebacker who can play quarterback. And I mean, all of a sudden, absurd. they're pressuring the passer now. Yeah. Like, where did that come from? Now they've got edge rushers. Like, they were really pressuring and throwing off Aaron Rodgers. So, I, okay, I understand that. But I think that That's Los Angeles deserves All right. right. There's my hot take. What's your hot take? Am I supposed to talk over this? No, like, no, right. no, 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 I was production here. It doesn't have like a yeah. Where was my symbol? Yeah, I thought I bl- that's what I, was coming. I'll blame Manny for it. Okay. Well, my hot oh, take. I got some production coming for you guys. Thank you, you, Manny. I appreciate yeah. that. My hot take has to do with the San Francisco 49ers okay. and Nick Mullins, who will be starting the Giants game. Clearly, not as hot of a take as Matthew Collars, but I think that Mullins can get them to six wins. That's of all the takes in the world. All the football takes. You decided to go. Well, with first Nick off, Collins. he's gonna no. Yes, because, yes, because he's a hot topic right now. Don't sass me on this. He's a is hot he? topic. Yes, he is. He won a, a historic Thursday night football game Come with on, a historic Lucy, performance. Historic in the sense that it was absolutely terrible by the Raiders, and they have just literally bottomed out. Right, that's the point. Is and the fact that he put Raiders. up the numbers he did with like tying Fran Tarkington or what, whoever else he. I think Jim Kelly was in there. Anyways, you can't tell her to have a hot take and then rip her hot yeah, take. Yeah, seriously, don't. They might be wrong. Hang Come on, on. hang uh, on, Courtney. Here's your production. Oh, that's a hot sports take. There you go. Thank well, you, Annie. That's a whole no, other th- from the ride with Royce. I do. Th- I think that he will remain the starter for the rest of the season. I don't think C.J. Beathard gets that job back. And to even make this hotter, he will compete with Jimmy Garoppolo for the job next year. Woo! It's a pretty hot take. Okay, so that's where I, I just thought took you were a going. Flamethrower and that, threw it at you. So yes. that's where I thought she just you threw were gasoline going. Gasoline right on the hot take. I thought you were going with he's going to compete with Jimmy Garoppolo next year, which is a hot well, take. Well, I got that's there eventually, one. but you got to win six games first to do that. That was so condescending. Mm. That was oh. really condescending. That's a that was really condescending. Hot. Who, me? No collar. Because he's like, oh, well, then that's okay. I'm not, I'm used to it from him. <laughs> Mansplaining. Mansplainer. I. <laughs> Now, Courtney, football is played on a field. Talking it's 100- about roosters fighting in a ring. <laughs> same, the same hell is wrong with you? At least I come up with things that are notable to talk about. Saying that a team is going to get to six wins in any scenario. Behind a quarterback who was on the practice squad Unless the last you mean two years. six in a row to start a season is no. He does that, and then he competes with Jimmy Garoppolo for the okay, job next that's year. Hot. That's a hot take. That's a hot take. You're, you're saying that you saw so much from Nick Mullins, a.k.a. the new Matt Flynn, that you you think he's going to compete with a guy they paid $130 million to? That's a hot take. Yep. That's a good one. Will you guys please promise to carry this conversation on into Purple Live at Absolutely. 6 o'clock right here on 1500 ESPN? We're fired up over here. Over Nick Mullins. For Nick Mullins. <laughs> a, a year from now, I'm going to say, Courtney, who's Nick Mullins? He's like, I don't know. Like, a, does he play for the Memphis Grizzlies? <laughs> Nick Mullins. Judd, I want to hear your hot take. <laughs> well, I, I'm just I'm blown away by these hot takes. Uh, my hot take is that I believe that effective immediately right now, and I think we touched on this on the Monday show, the Green Bay Packers should fire Mike McCarthy. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that, is that even hot? That's not a hot take. See, hot take. I'm not See? trying to be critical See? since that's, you just I, had my back on I this, Judd. You could criticize a hot take. She just did it. That's a hot take. It's not a hot take. Uh, they uh, fire their coach immediately. It's, well, I mean, no, I think it's inevitable. 
No, immediately. So no, it, but I'm saying he should no longer coach. And him. you're going to let Aaron Rodgers become the head coach, first player offense, coach. He can run the offense. Okay. He can run the offense. They Mike, Mike Pettin, their DC now yeah. is pretty good. All I need, I, there is no reason Mike McCarthy drags that franchise down. I would fire him right now. See, because he wouldn't coach Sunday against Miami because they're three, four, and one, and because they have consistently failed to give Aaron Rodgers what he needs offensively, because they lack creativity. I'm not sure how hot it is. I, I think that most people would I'm gonna agree double it with up. it. I'm going to double it up. With okay, them. double it okay. up with some more hotness. Pour some gasoline. I, I believe on the same day, and it should be today, that Mike McCarthy is fired as the Packers coach. John Gruden should simultaneously be fired as the Raiders coach. And I'd pay him off to go away. I think he's You're com- going to pay him a hundred. however yes. left is $100 million? Yes, I'm going to pay him off. I think he's awful. Lord. I, I, I think the game has passed him by. I think it's over. I would fire him immediately. That's a second hot okay, take. Okay, that is a second hot take. Here's why I'm not with you on that. If you look at the Raiders from the very beginning of this year, and Courtney, you covered them out there when they were good, right? Yeah, the one season in the last like decade. <laughs> right. But when, you, but when you look yeah. at how different that is and what he actually took over, the roster he actually took over, not the one that you think was 12-4 and four from a couple years years ago but this roster mm-hmm. it's bad and he tried to sign some old players to paint over it, made it he's made it worse but of course yeah. he's made it worse but it's not his fault they had to trade khalil mack that's yes, their ownership it is. Yeah. Their yes ownership. it is no it's not they that's don't a bunch pay of for it but you could have paid you for it you don't trade away a future hall of famer well, it's common Davis sense that. that's no. not john gruden yeah, but John- Gruden is focused on the Raiders of Las Vegas. He has not been focused on keeping this franchise in the next two years and what they have to do to remain and win games in Oakland. That is a flat-out lie. And Gruden cannot take that job without finding out. You need to, when before you sign that contract, you have to say, Kolomak is safe with this team, right? And if they say, no, I'm going back to Monday Night Football and I'm not doing this, but you can go to the bank and borrow to pay Kolomak, you're moving to Las Vegas. Yes. So that, that's, See, that's a load of BS. My point is just that when he got there, he knew this team was bad. He knew this team was going to perform poorly this year, and they were going to get a top draft pick and make up for the loss of Khalil Mack with another pass rusher. They were going to decide whether Derek Carr was the guy. They were going to start a full rebuild. He completely lost his fastball. It's going to happen over a bunch of years. You're making excuses. I don't think He's you lost can say fastball. anything about John Gruden for this year. Because the roster he took over was a disaster that had completely collapsed from their 12-4 and four year, a couple of years ago. Well... To a degree. I mean, they still have Derek Carr. They had Amari Cooper. And at the time, they had Khalil Mack. And I mean, outside of that, you take a look at the 2014 draft class, which you include Gabe Jackson. And those were the three players that they were going to build the franchise around for the next five, six, seven, eight years. Your offensive line was the best in the NFL. You knew Donald Penn was coming back off of, I think, Liz Frank surgery. So that's why you go and draft Colton Miller and bring in the next franchise left tackle. They addressed those needs as they were, but I think on the back end with the, of the defense, their secondary has been trash ever since Ken Norton, like since that was a disaster and he was a scapegoat for Jack Del Rio for you know a season. It has been a problem, but I don't think that the roster was nearly as bad as you're making it to be. So their offensive line was nowhere near where it was a couple years ago. Their running backs, playmakers, Amari Cooper is not good. Their playmakers are not that good. Other And other than him, they have no one. They have no running back. Latavius Murray's here. Cooper is overrated, has most drops in the league, and they don't even throw it down the field to him. Their defense is a complete mess. So let's say they kept Khalil Mack for the next two years. Where, how many games are they winning more with him? A game? Well, Maybe? he's still a difference maker, though. Of course, they're, they're he's, not, one, of the best he's one of the best players in the NFL, him. but they're terrible. I give you and they were going to him. be terrible. So why not trade him away and get picks and get all that money to work with and go 
the route of the complete rebuild where you get as much cap space as you can and then build the roster up but through fu- the draft with a bunch of picks. But I'm firing Gruden for, for the purpose of getting the rebuild on the right track because I think he's lost his fastball I, I and think, I think he's probably Chad, a They gave him a 10-year contract. I, I know, that's why it's a hot take. Wait, I have another hot take that has to deal with I this. just ate okay. a lot of money here, Manny. Derek Carr next season will be the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jaguars. See, I was it could be ask. Teddy Bridgewater probably going to the Jaguars. Oh, that's right. though. That's, yeah. that's my other hot take. See, I was going to ask, now. like, what what does this mean for Derek Carr now for his future? There? They can get out of it real quick. It's like two million, to, you know, oh, two million will. to incur that. Gruden and will. Gruden's yeah. going to get his own guy. The Bucks are going to want to get move on probably from Jameis if it continues the way it and is. And Derek Carr too. They've got to fire him as well. A lot of people being fired. I mean, me. he knows the rule book. He's yeah. he is focused on that rule book. Uh, I believe he's one of the rules experts <sighs> yes. among yes. coaches in the all NFL. All right, let's all take a break. Let's <laughs> all calm down. Segment. Let's all take a deep breath. I gave you two really good hot takes. <laughs> Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On fifteen hundred ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Come on, there's so much to do. On 1500 ESPN. I got a cell phone just like you and everybody else. And I get a lot of phone calls from people that are dying to come and play here. I'm just telling you, they're dying to play for the Raiders. And uh, to have salary cap space and to have a chance to talk to the people that you really want to wear the silver and black, the guys you really want to wear the silver and black and represent this team, that's exciting. Now, ultimately, Gruden might be fine because I do contend that everybody and their brother is going to be dying to play for that franchise in Vegas, given the fact that there's no state income taxes. And also... It's Vegas. It's got everything professional football players want. But I think... You know what, man? He was out of that league for a long time. I, I think it's tough to go back. I really do. I, I think it's tough to... He, he was out for, what, 10 years? At least yep. 10 years? I want more hot takes from you guys. It's a long time to be out. I think we're just roundtable hot taking for the rest of well, the Well, go time. ahead. Courtney, you want to you want to start off? I mean, and uh, and I hope it's the right wanna, hot take for Matthew this time. I mean, yeah, seriously. Because that was last time you just didn't so, really... So she got huffy and then immediately criticized your hot take, so... But I'm fine with that. I'm fine with being ripped. Okay, well, I'll start then. Okay. I think that within the next four weeks... The Baltimore Ravens starting quarterback will be Lamar J. Jackson. I don't know what his middle name is, but it'll be Lamar Jackson. Because not only is Joe Flacco a bad quarterback, on a team that has some weapons and a good defense and could be competitive in the AFC, everything's still up in the air. It's not over by any means in the AFC. It's not decided. They're right in that wild card race. I think Joe Flacco will continue to be bad. And also, Joe Flacco kind of petty this week. He had Lamar Jackson wide open in the flat. They set up a play so he could have just dumped it right down Lamar Jackson. He would have cruised into the end zone. Instead, he decides to throw it away or throw it into coverage. Instead of taking a touchdown with Lamar Jackson, I think that that situation with how bad their offense has been is going to come to a head. And eventually, John Harbaugh, very good coach, will say, you know what? It's time. Somebody's got to save this season, and it ain't going to be you, Joe Flacco. Lamar Jackson's middle name is Demetrius, by the way. Oh, well, in case you I was wondering. close. If you guys <laughs> aren't going to go there, I will. Because you're, you're, you're skirting around the issue of this hot take. Kirk Cousins will single-handedly cost the Vikings the game against the Patriots in New England. 
Judd, I've been waiting on your column for like three weeks. He now. will cost you the game in because that's the perfect type of game where defensively all you need him to do is not screw up at all. Okay. He doesn't have to play the perfect game as far as, you know, he passed for 330 yards and four touchdowns, but he can't, but he has to be flawless as far as screw ups go. Mm-hmm. And your defense could play a good game. Kirk Cousins will, and that's the exact type of game. Kirk Cousins will cost you that, that game and then give some explanation that will last 50 seconds and I won't understand it all. Okay, that's a good one. That's that's my because I think you got you know what you could beat Chicago in Chicago. It's tough, but you could do it. You could beat Green Bay here. That Patriots game's a tough game, and it's the type of game that I fear Kirk Cousins playing. In. Okay, I am really interested to see how Kirk Cousins handles these next four games because all of them are really hard. And even though we all think Mike McCarthy should be gassed and the Packers are not the Packers of even a few years ago, their defense is bad. They don't have any weapons for Aaron Rodgers. So they're a, an opponent that you could see the Vikings easily beating at home because of the situation, how good they are at home and how good the defense is playing. That's where I think that the defense will give them a shot in every game. It's going to be whether Kirk Cousins can beat some of these other quarterbacks. And don't underestimate the Chicago Bears offense either. I saw Dan Orlovsky put together a video about how uh, Mitch Trubisky is getting better. And they're the same when it comes to their passing adjusted net yards per attempt as the Vikings. So maybe that's skewed a little from one huge game against Tampa Bay. But overall, they have not been a joke. Their offense has improved like we thought it would. So you can't overlook them. They've got a great defense. Like This will be the stretch that defines their season these next four games coming out of the bye. So, I mean, I think it's a hot take to predict exactly when a meltdown will come. Thank you. But if it doesn't, if it doesn't, though, I mean, it will really say something about him and this team if they go through these four games and come out with something like three wins. Well, maybe it's because he's going to look at his fumbles meticulously over yes. the bye. Yes, he will. What's yours? What do you I got? think the Seahawks should have traded Russell Wilson at the deadline. Whoa, for what and A why? Hall what? Of Super Bowl talent to, in years to come. Number one, he's and still. And who's quarterbacking? Brett Hundley. Because this team is terrible, the offensive line is garbage, the defense is bad, they need pass catchers. If you let me finish first, I wasn't done okay, talking. Right, ahead, Thank okay, you very okay. much, all three of you. <laughs> so, <sorry>. first off, <laughs> for the next two to three years, they have no chance of winning the NFC West. That's the Rams as the front runners, maybe the 49ers after, as I said, Nick Mullins wins the quarterback job over... Jimmy Garoppolo next season. But I think that a quarterback still in his prime, you're wasting his best years of his career right now. If you trade him away at the deadline, you get a haul of talent for 2019 and beyond. You can rebuild your offensive line. You can start to get draft picks and pieces for your defense. And eventually, you get someone who can catch the ball from whoever their next quarterback is. Okay. Oh, now. my. That's a Thank scolding you, hot sports take. It- Certainly, Who recorded it, it that? Whose voice is that? Is that? Is. Yeah, uh, from KS95. Okay, yeah. so now here's where here's where I would defend the hot take is that Seattle does some of the weirdest stuff. Yeah, like, like Tom Johnson. Like letting Tom Johnson go, but that's not the only thing. The way that they treated Earl Thomas and like not signing him and then he's coming into play and then he's not and then he is and they so they alienate him. And then they have a team that struggles on the offensive line. It's been a little better now, but they've got a bunch of areas to fill. And what do they do in the first round? They pick a running back. It's just like the most bizarre, brain-dead pick you could ever make. And basically, since they 
got lucky and landed on Russell Wilson in the third round and built up that team and then have seen it fall apart. They've done a number of things that are crazy. Now, trading an elite quarterback would be the dumbest thing ever done, right? They I mean, need tra- draft capital. Trading a quarterback that good would be complete that, insanity. I just think with your offensive line and just they have so many issues and they're so far behind the eight ball offensively, it's not going to get any better the next two years. Courtney wins the hot take. Thank you. That she wins the, the hot take. The and I, I didn't even get close do we, to that. Do we have you, a drop like to celebrate you, you anything went, like that, Manny? You went from Nick Mullins... Which well, might as well, on. I mean, that was like ambers burning after a little campfire. Yeah, I built up to it. I'm sorry that it didn't climax to the speed that you wanted it to. That's not my fault. Yeah, yeah, but you built right up to like a plane fire. I mean, that was crazy. I think I know what you're looking for. Right Thank now. you for uh, the backhanded <laughs> compliment when you can just unlike, see your Kirk Cousins thing is you're dancing right. around it right That's now. Right. Uh, no, I think that Seattle would be nuts to to do that. Uh, there have been some rumblings it. about it, but there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Judd. But there. now Seattle is happy now. Seattle is a really interesting case because they're basically like the Packers right now. They have a coach who probably shouldn't be coaching them anymore. They've got a supporting cast for an elite quarterback that isn't all that good. And yet they're just good enough in their record to be mildly competitive and to paint over all their issues because Wilson is playing so well. And the Vikings are going to go out and play them, and Wilson should scare you. Because he can make things happen, unlike many other quarterbacks in the league. Even if you play great defense, he can still make something happen. And that team is really unpredictable. Could could you see them going out and just smashing Seattle there? Like, yeah. Could you see them losing to Seattle because Wilson goes crazy? Like, yeah. It's a tough place to play, too. Yeah. I, I think I mean, that look, look how the Rams played them when they were there. As we try to like predict where the season is going, that to me is the hardest game on the schedule to predict. All right, oh, for yeah. more hot takes like this, Purple Live comes up at 6 p.m. We will wrap with Royce next while I collect myself after hearing that. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've had to date. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Please, continue. On 1500 ESPN. All right, live inside the TCO Broadcast Studios. Let's check on your traffic quickly here before we wrap with Royce. 100 southbound in St. Louis Park. We've got a crash between Minnetonka Boulevard and Highway 7, causing about a six-minute delay. But uh, everything else going all right, all things considered. Judd? Thank you, Manny. Hello, Patrick Royce. How are you today? I love hockey, man. Quinnabel gets fired. He only won three Stanley Cups. I'm getting the hell out of there. For a 33-year-old kid, Patrick. 33-year-old kid got the oh, job. Is that, is that who they hired? Yeah. Oh, man. Assistant oh, coach. Assistant or minor league coach. AHL guy? Or AHL, guy. Yep. AHL guy. Oh, do they have, do they have uh, some younger guy running that operation now? Who's Scotty the Bowman's kid. No, still there. Okay. Stan Bowman's still right. there. Did you yeah. did you realize last year there, there was no in-season coaching changes in that league, and that was the first time that that had happened since the 1967 expansion from, what, 6 to 12 teams? That means we'll have 6 or 7 of them uh, this year, won't we? They'll, they'll, be going, they'll be going left and right. So. There are two already. Uh, Jason Garrett might not make it through the season. Huh? What's happened there? So, what was it? Two years ago, we had the best offensive line in football. We had Zeke was unstoppable three years ago. Zeke was unstoppable. Dak was, uh, you know, Tony Romo might as well go and retire because we don't need him. We got Dak. What the hell happened down there? They're terrible. 
Yeah, and that game last night was damn near unwatchable. Watching them play the Titans, I I lasted till halftime and then switched to the Wolves. I couldn't take it anymore. That Brable, uh, that uh, he'd be a pain in the ass to cover, wouldn't he? Roy? He thinks he's he thinks he's Belichick Junior. down there at Tennessee, doesn't he? I don't think that there's a lot of guys in this league who could be classified now as fun to cover, Pat. <laughs> They're not all yeah, Mike Leach, boy. Pat. They're not all Mike Leach. They're not all Burnsies, man. Not all Burnsies. I... <laughs> oh, yeah. Did, you see, did yes. you see that little exchange we had last night? I pointed out it was the 29th anniversary of Burnsies' tirade, and then somebody said Burnsie was at the game, and some guy came up to him and said, looking good, coach. He says, what was it? Your eyes aren't for bleep. <laughs> Or something like you told him, told him how bad his vision was, man. You asked the question, right? That was uh, your question. Yeah, he'd gone, he'd gone about a minute, and then I said, uh, uh, I can't hear him. Something about hey, Schnauker, it was not exactly a warm <laughs> endorsement he received when he put him up on the door, and that, yeah, that got him going. Again. But it was a dumb f-ing play when he had when his foot was uh, shoe was coming off up the line. We were hard to take time out. We had a f-ing trap play called, and and, and his, his f-ing shoe comes off. I, a guy called me up from Deadspin last night. That's what got me thinking about it. Because about seven o'clock at night, and he was gonna he'd run across this because he doesn't think. You know, he thinks all these other tirades, Mora and Danny Green, and uh, you know some of the others are more famous than uh, than uh, Burnsies, and mm-hmm. he, he he did not know about this one, and he was gonna do a piece for Deadspin on it because uh, a great underrated tirade. He thought, and of course. You know, we've 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 loved and appreciated it for three decades around here. Yeah, my fa- my favorite part though in the extended version of that is when Sansevier asked about Rich Carlos is kicking and he goes off again. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well the best was in that little room was the day that he got going on. Sansevier asked him about Killer Instinct, and there was about five of us in there on a on a morning in that little room, and he just started rolling. Did anybody ever have tape on that one? Has anybody heard that Killer Instinct one? I don't think anybody did. I've never, yeah. I, I've never, I, I know you've told me about that before, but I've never found it. He was screaming. He was great. Oh, man. Hey, my, I think everybody, you guys played Ralphie the Buffalo already earlier today, huh? With, with Mike Leach, yeah. yeah. Mike Leach and Ralphie, the man, is he great? Just think they could have hired him instead of Brewster. Is that unbelievable? I know. It would have been so much more fun. It would have been. <laughs> it, it, he's, he is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> he doesn't give a damn. No. He, he, he gets spring practice and he hangs around for about a week and then he goes to Key West for two months. He's got his. He's 3,300. Off-season home is 3,300 miles away from where he coaches. And he goes to Key West. When Clay's interviewed, he interviewed in Key West for four days. So he's brilliant, too, then. Yeah, he and his wife, when he got fired at Tech, and he had a bunch of money, they liked Key West, so they bought a spot there. And now he, you know, like May and June, he's in Key West while the coaches are up there making X's and O's and stuff. So what a beauty. Ruffy the Buffalo. I love this. Did you see, did you do you guys look at the video where he's talking about the Air Force Falcon? 
I did not know. I didn't see that part, no. No, yeah. He said, yeah, we were in Air Force once, and he said, the Falcon, you know, the guy with the whistle, and they let the Falcon go, and they blow the whistle. And he said, the Falcon just kept going up and up and up and up and circle, and he says, pretty soon he was gone. He said, that Falcon had seen all the football he ever wanted to watch. (laughs) Pat, what would it have been like if – he would have if the Gophers would have hired him whenever in 07 or you know after Brewster was gone or, or whatever. What would that have been well, like? Yeah, would have been, to cover him. Would have hired him instead of Kill. That's uh, that's who they would have hired. Right, 2010. Right, 2000. Yeah, 2010, 2011. Yeah, yeah, it was when he was available. Like, and you know they 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 basically were out running around the country. Kill was like the seventh choice, but they never gave Leach an interview. So yeah, why didn't they? I don't know. That one makes no don't. sense. He's a good. Well, I mean, he's done he well. Had so a bad image for being tough oh. guy with Craig James's kid and stuff. So. Well, my Vols almost hired him last last year, and but you know, Philip Fulmer had to step in and hire uh, Saban's guy Pruitt as defensive well, coordinator. You, you know, one thing: if he takes a job in the South, it'll just be so he can be closer to Key West. So. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I, uh, I I love that track, but man, that's a fun. That's a, if you're if you're out there in listener land, that little the bike leech minute and a half, two minute video today on the mascots is incredible. So the the back to back opportunities that they passed on were Leach and then uh, Les Miles, right? Who could have gotten the job instead of Fleck or wanted it? Yeah, and Les hadn't gotten a job anywhere. I don't nope. know what's no, nobody will take Les. They must all think he's really goofy, huh? I don't, and he's in his sixties, but uh, and he is goofy. You know, well, he is, but he's he's uh, he's funny too. But I I I don't know. Maybe he's wanting. Maybe he's asking for the kind of money he was making at LSU too. Who knows? All right, sir. I'll talk to you later. Bye, Patrick. All right. All right. Purple live with Collar and Cronin up next. I'm sure there will be plenty of spirited debate on that program. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.